Hey podcast people, I have a special episode for you today. Thanks for letting me take a little hiatus. I have prepared a couple episodes uh, ready to go and I, I'm getting back into a routine. We also have this nice awesome neon sign. So I guess this ushers in a new season of Trust God Bro. So these have been recorded back in July and um, a little bit later. So my hair was a little bit longer then and uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, but in this episode, I think you'll learn a little bit behind the heart of obedience. And uh, so Kara, in the episode, uh, she is in Thailand right now, actually, on her like second mission with YWAM. So, um, yeah, I think when you look at her life, you can see that um, a lot of people in Christian circles can like have a lot of conversation about like you know what we should do, and that that's great. Like theology you know, is great. Um, and then, uh, but really with like her life, she, she goes out and uh, she follows God. And there are currently 3.3 billion unreached people groups. So a unreached people group would be someone that doesn't have access to the Bible or a Christian witness. A person that may not know Jesus, but they might have a Christian neighbor that lives next to them. That would be a reached person. But there are people groups that don't even have a, a person that speaks their language that's a Christian, uh, not even the ability to become a Christian. Even if they wanted to hear, there is no one there that could tell them. So um, that's a little bit of like where the background was. I was at a training, uh, a week training on um, just learning about unreached people groups in Georgia during this time. You'll, you'll learn a little bit about how God's heart has always been for all people groups to know Him, like Jew, Gentile. God wants everyone to know Him, um, that He is reconciling all people back together, all nations. In heaven, it won't be, you know, just one people, but it will be many people, many nations. Again. So I hope you're really blessed by this episode, and I'm excited to start doing more episodes. Um, and please send in more ideas, and please enjoy. I don't know whether you can hear me or not. Maybe some of what I'm saying will echo through. Welcome back to Trust God Bro, episode 54. We're in Georgia. Georgia, land of the peaches. Are we in Peachtree? Peachtree City. Is yeah, that where we're that's at? right. Land of the free, home of the brave. <laughs> What's been the most shocking thing about Georgia that you didn't know? Hmm, that I didn't know. I don't know. <laughs> the most. <laughs> cool thing is everyone's accents here mm -hmm. are very very fun yeah yeah they make me happy <laughs> it is like that guy we met at the orchard mm -hmm. um what was the orchard experience the orchard experience was great we got to eat lots of fresh peaches <laughs> yeah and then we got peach ice cream which was topped mm. it off for sure <laughs> peach ice cream yeah. what was did you like the peach orchard mm -hmm. just the fact of going out and pecking picking your fresh peaches who are you kara what is your um, passion, like, you know, just to give us a little flavor of what you're like, where you at in life right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm Kara Bloomgren. Um, I'm 19 years old. I'm from Lester, Iowa is like my hometown. Lester. So. <laughs> yeah. If well, you know, you know. <laughs> I actually live in a town called Elvord and the population's like 190. So uh -huh. even smaller than Lester is where I'm like my houses. So yeah. that's cool. Um, but a little about me, I guess I 
graduated high school like a year ago mm. and after high school I've had like a heart for missions ever since I was 11 um, and so well my family took a missions trip down to Magdalena to visit like another church family and that's where I like was like after that I was like that's all I want to do with my life is mm. mission serve God but didn't know what it would look like of course because I was just 11 and just having big dreams mm. and those big dreams stuck with me throughout all of high school mm. and um, after I graduated um, I started looking into like missions opportunities and um, uh, yeah opportunity came up with YWAM so I just finished my uh, discipleship training school with YWAM like a month ago mm. um, and yeah I don't yeah. really know no that's cool what was the quote do what you love for who you love yeah do okay. what you love for the one you love. Yeah, there yes, you go. Yes. Do what you love for the one you love. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like that kind of incorporates, mm -hmm. um, like, what you're about. And, um, yeah, I feel like I've been really encouraged. We're in, so I met Kara through a group called Learn and Discern, which is, like, a Harvest Call um, group that talks about learning about calling and missions and what, what that looks like in our lives and um, discerning that, you know, with other people, like, you know, what, you know, how can we do that in our daily lives and are there things that I'm called to do and let's do a little bit more deep dive into life of Kara. Um, I'm going to have a bunch of questions and just rapid fire um, and you can just answer, okay? Okay. You ready? <laughs> let's do this. Okay. Um, if you could fly anywhere, where would you fly to? Papua New Guinea. <laughs> Your favorite snack? Um, popcorners. What's that? They're like a popcorn chip, uh -huh. kettle corn flavor. Uh -huh. You've never had them? I, maybe. Wow. They're in a red bag. You okay. Go go get them at a grocery store. <laughs> Are they better than Dots Pretzels? For sure. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Favorite job you've ever worked? Um, at the nursing home doing activities. Hmm. Not the thrift store? No. I, th I mean, like, I just like the social, like, interaction. Okay. Of Let's uh, get in the topic a little bit. And um, so you said Papua New Guinea. Why would you want to travel to Papua New Guinea? What's what's in Papua New Guinea? The reason I want to go to Papua New Guinea is because, so that's where I got sent on my DTS, um, outreach portion of my DTS. We went to Papua New Guinea. Everything about Papua New Guinea was just amazing. I feel like the people there are definitely, like, just have time for you and, like, yeah, it just felt like right when you met them, they were already like considering you family and stuff. So that was pretty awesome. Um, the work we did there, definitely like, I think when I was in Papua New Guinea, my relationship with Jesus was the best it's ever been. And like, I don't know, our DTS theme was like soaring mm -hmm. with purpose. And yeah. so like when I was there, I felt like I was soaring with purpose finally. So mm. it's pretty cool. Yeah. And to give some context to like, so YWAM does like a time of like prep and um, like training, discipleship, and then, yeah, they, you go out and do, um, you go somewhere, and so you had the choice. Oh, actually, you didn't have the choice. They kind of told you where you're mm -hmm. going, but you ended up going there. Um, so how, how did that work out? Like, how did you find out? Did you want to go? Yeah, yeah, good question. So um, with our DTS, we didn't find out until like the third week of lecture phase um, and the way they did it is they did the, like this scavenger hunt type thing oh, um, wow. and so half of our team or half of our like school our school was 16 um, students in total from all over the country just to give you like a little bit of back information um, we had two students from Brazil and one from Germany and one from England so hmm. like all over the place all coming together That's crazy. Um, anyways um, so yeah, us students all like split up in two teams and then um, 
went around looking for like clues and stuff of what like our country or the countries we were going to be sent to. Um, and then we all met at the prayer chapel for like an hour and we all just like took time alone with God, like praying about which location. Um, so the one group brought like uh, Papua New Guinea was going to be that uh, outreach location. And our team found out Albania was going to be the other option. Um, and when I found out Albania, I was just like, oh, like this isn't really where I want to go, you know, but we'll see what the other option is. Um, and so then got to the prayer chapel. The other team said Papua New Guinea. And my mm -hmm. heart instantly was just like, oh, my goodness. Like I literally started crying because I was just like, wow, God is allowing me the opportunity to go to this place and I guess reason why is so I was at Ignite like a year ago mm -hmm. um heard about Papua New Guinea for the first time um there was a couple from yeah our church I guess mm -hmm. who came and Nathan and Rachel Mueller are mm -hmm. their names but anyways um he shared like his whole like life story and testimony about Papua New Guinea and I was just like wow like that is where I want to go be a missionary at. Mm -hmm. Randomly said that to one of my friends sitting by me. And little did I know, like a year later, God would open the door for me to get to go to Papua New Guinea and be a missionary for two months. But, yeah. So that's kind of, hmm. yeah, how that all worked out. Yeah, no, it was cool. Mm -hmm. How like those two desires aligned and yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I guess one of the Bible verses that like, mm -hmm. it just makes me think of is like, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll mm -hmm. give you like the desires of your heart. Yeah. Um, but definitely, yeah. Hmm, that's so true. Long season of delighting in the Lord, and then I got to go to Papua New Guinea, and yeah, still delighting in the <laughs> Lord, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. Looking at, like, your heart, um, and, like, for the lost and people that don't know Jesus, how did that, like, like, do you feel like that's something you had to cultivate? Is that something that, like, you've always, like, um, had a desire for? Was there a scripture that kind of played a role with that, or what that look like? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I feel like I have, well, ever since I was 11 and like went to Mexico is when I like first like seen the idea of like, you know, serving other people and like mm -hmm. seeing like that happening in Mexico, like them putting like their desire to like do whatever they wanted to do, you know, and like really like seeing like, okay, God, like, where do you want me? And then they yeah. were in Mexico and like they left like, cause the couple who we went to visit left our home church and went there to serve. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that, like, as an 11-year-old, it really just, like, struck me and, like, made me realize, like, wow, like, they really love God and, like, are following mm -hmm. God, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely went through, like, a phase of where I wasn't following God in between that and mm -hmm. then decided to, like, give my life to the Lord at 15. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like, I don't know if there's, yeah, not necessarily a certain verse or anything yeah. that has, like, stuck with me, but just, like seeing how like Jesus has like yeah he came to serve mm. and not to like be served has really just made me mm. I don't know realize yeah. that that's all I want to do is like serve others mm. um and I realize like it could look different for everybody like mm -hmm. it's not like everybody's gonna be a missionary yeah but I do think that everyone wherever they are can be a missionary in like some sense and yes yeah so it's like yeah it definitely has like grown me and even like in my time when I've been back at home and stuff just mm -hmm. like realizing that I have a chance to like, yeah, be serving wherever I'm located mm. at and I don't have to go to Papua New Guinea. Yeah. Um, Cause there's work to be done everywhere and everyone needs Jesus. And yeah, sometimes it's easier to look at like um, leaving the country to mm -hmm. tell others about Jesus seems like, yeah. I don't know, the better option, not the mm -hmm. better option, the easier yeah. option. Cause when you're home, it's like easier to get in your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. I feel like. So, yeah. I think you said a lot of truth. And I think one of the things I'm going to pull out from like, the, the what you've been saying is like just like the obedience behind what you're you're you know you're talking about is like 
as a Christian, it's not just the head knowledge, but it's also the heart knowledge. Mm. So like as you learn things, it's about like going and doing those things and like what, what Jesus commands us to do. Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of like, you know, what makes, you know, a believer, like when you do those together, it like helps you grow. Yeah. You can't have one or the other, but you have to have both. And so. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And I definitely, yeah. YWAM's motto is like to know God and make God known. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's like what every believer should live by is just like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Taking time to like really know who God is and get to know him for yourself before yeah. you like share him with others, but be yeah. sharing him with others, like throughout the journey too, because yeah. you're never going to fully know God. Papua New Guinea, you know, you're all excited. You got the pre-flight jitters and <laughs> you're hopping on the plane. Um, I think also in perspective, what you said was really good too, saying that like um, going on an airplane doesn't make a missionary. And like there's, there's not like a sacred and secular difference, but all Christians are called to like know Jesus and make him known. And mm-hmm. so... Um, yeah, but with that, I'm just going to tell us about the trip, uh, leaving. Uh, how did you get there? What did that part of it look like? Was excited, but also like nervous because I've never been out of the country before. Um, but I feel like mainly just excited and like the Lord had like made it so evident to me that like he was going to be with me on this trip. And like, yeah, you know, I, I got to experience him in a different culture for the first time. And like, mm-hmm. just see truly that God is like the same God, like in America mm-hmm. that he is in Papua New Guinea, yeah. um, which was so cool. Um, but uh, the flight was like three days. So that was kind of insane. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it really was a good trip. And I had a team of eight others with no seven yeah. others with me and no eight. Sorry. Um, others with me and so it made it way like I don't know less scary because it's not like you were doing it like Alone. without other people yeah or, yeah had a whole nother group supporting you and stuff um, hmm. I guess locationally it's located near Australia mm-hmm. right New Zealand yep. right above the other... Australia yeah okay cool yeah for all those geol- geography experts which so. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about this yesterday. We were like talking about different things, like where they're located, and yeah, we realized that we're all really bad at uh, maps and geography. Oh, uh, especially me. I didn't even know Papua New Guinea was a place until mm-hmm. like yeah, I heard the missionary talking for the first time. So hmm. it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you arrive there and like you're kind of like experiencing this new culture the first time mm-hmm. ever, and uh, I guess what would you say? Like, what are the people like in Papua New Guinea? Um, what like you know, type of foods do they have? Like, is the culture pretty warm? Is it pretty, um, you know, what does that look like? What are the people like? Um, yeah. 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 Um, so our first experience is when we got off the plane, um, after traveling for three days. Um, mm-hmm. so we get off the plane and we took a 78 year old, 76 year old, oh. one of those ages missionary with us, mm-hmm. um, for, who was a missionary in Papua New Guinea for like three years. Um, I don't know, like 20 some years ago. And so she hadn't been there in like a long chunk of time. Mm-hmm. And um, she kept in touch with a bunch of like people who she had ministered to while being down there. And um, she started like a whole literacy school while she was down there. Hmm. Um, and so when we got off the plane, her people had like came to the airport and they walked to the airport the night before and slept like at the airport because they didn't know exactly when our flight yeah. was getting in. Um, and so that was like our first experience, like experiencing like what Papua New Guinea culture is like, um, just that they like have, I don't know, they just like respect you and they are such loving people and they're so friendly. And like, it was crazy because we walked <laughs> off and like, they like get their phones out and want to take pictures of you. And mm-hmm. it's like, this is like something like I've never had, yeah. like 
you felt like you were a movie star, but <laughs> really yeah. no one. Paparazzi. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they all like wanted to come shake your hand and meet you. Um, so that was like our first experience. And we were like, we're shot because we had been traveling for yeah. three days, but it was just like the warmest, like greeting that I've ever gotten, like going somewhere new, just like feeling like, wow, like they actually want us here. And they're yeah. like, yeah, are excited. Um, huh. But we definitely, yeah, had lots of different cultural experiences, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, as far as, yeah, we were in like four different locations while we were there. So I would say like every place had its like, yeah, differences mm -hmm. between the country even. Um, yeah, because there's a lot of different people groups within Papua New Guinea, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. tons and tons of uh -huh. different languages and... Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So like 800 different uh, people groups and languages spoken, I think, in Papua wow. New Guinea. Um, so... It's kind of crazy, and that's something that even, like, I mm -hmm. feel like set my heart on fire for Papua New Guinea is that um, the guy, the missionary who we met, um, mm -hmm. he was translating Bibles in one of their languages, and mm -hmm. I just, like, didn't realize the how sad that is, like, that people don't have Bibles in their language, yeah. like, and so it all hit me, and then, like, yeah, I don't know, it's kind of crazy thinking that, like, people don't have the Word of God, like, accessible to them, and, like, to think how many times, like, I take it for granted and stuff, mm -hmm. so. So, and I think someone said today there's still, like, 400 languages that still don't have, like, a Bible in their language. Was that right? Something like Something that, like yeah. That. I don't know the exact number, but it's still, like, so a lot of Bible translators are there right now um, trying to get Bibles into their languages and stuff, mm. um, but... Yeah, we did. They speak pidgin there, so that's like their mm -hmm. language that like a lot of them know, mm -hmm. kind of ish, but like not even all of them know pidgin. So mm -hmm. um, obviously, otherwise they would yeah. have Bibles in their language. But what does their what does religion look like there? Like, is there a history of like yeah, what beliefs kind of are the background and yeah. Um, I'm not like I know, but I'm not like 100% yeah. honest, and so like and look sure it up it if you guys are interested, yeah. right? Um, but I think that. Christianity is like the main religion, but mm -hmm. um, then again, I think a lot of people can like claim to be Christians, but not really know God, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, and I think that is because of like, it used to be like a cannibal, like they would eat like other humans and stuff there. And so missionaries like heard about this and went in there to mm -hmm. like try to teach them about Jesus. And so then a lot of missionaries, yeah, went there, which caused Christianity to become like the mm -hmm. number one religion there. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I don't think they definitely, like, have, like, interesting views. And, like, here we, I don't know, would look at that as weird, but they worship nature more mm -hmm. than, like, yeah. like they worship creation more than the creator and stuff. Yeah. And, like, yeah, and so it's just, like, I feel like here in America we can look at that as, like, how could you ever, like, wor worship mm -hmm. creation, you know? But, yeah. like, we worship other things that are, like, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, like we worship, you know, sports or right. trying to get the perfect body or... Um, yeah, so like we all worship different, yeah, idols and people, the food, um, like, I don't know, did they have spicy food? Yeah. Um, <laughs> did they make you eat bugs? <laughs> uh, the food there was good. Uh, the weirdest thing we probably ate while we were there was uh, when we went to the Highlands. So that was our third location while we mm -hmm. were there. Um, and this is where Dindy was a missionary at. Mm -hmm. um, so with her people, they like welcomed us there by doing this thing called a moo-moo. A moo-moo? What's a moo-moo? <laughs> okay, so a moo-moo is basically um, this thing where they put, they dig a hole in the ground and they put rocks in the ground that are like heated by, mm -hmm. I think they heat them on fire or something. Yeah. Um, and so it's like an earth oven is what they call it. And you put, they would put cook whole pigs in there and stuff. And mm -hmm. so that was, yeah, 
definitely an experience for sure. Yeah. Um, and they would cook ferns in there. So just like ferns you'll find on the ground. And so we got to eat fern and pig together, which was together. Mm. It was a good combination separately. Not as good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I said this already. I'll say it again. Cause I thought, it, yeah, you want to learn from people and like, I feel like doing those things of eating the food and like, you know, learning what they're like, it's like really builds a lot of trust. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's cool. Um, so that's something that my brother would do with us around the kitchen table would be he would ask us to say the poos of our day and the woos of our day. So poos and woos and highs and lows, roses and thorns. Um, for you, what were some of the poos and woos of um, your trip? Yeah, You know, good question. I'll start with the woos actually. Uh -huh. Woos are the good. Yeah. yeah. Okay, the good. Wait, woos? Woos? Woos are good. Woos, woos are, are bad. Okay, the woos, the good woos. stuff. Okay, anyways. Um, I think that some of my, yeah, best experiences. So we were in Port Moresby um, mm. and that was our first location. Um, we were at the Jetty Base, which is like a YWAM base that mm -hmm. we stayed at for the first week that we were there. Um, just learning like the do's and don'ts of the culture and stuff. Um, but while in our time there, we went out and did Bible distribution one day at a village called Maharu. Um, and when we went to this village, um, I didn't know what to expect at all, but it was mm -hmm. like, better than anything I could have imagined. And I think I just like love people so much that like getting to sit <laughs> and chat with them and like, yeah, yeah, share God with them was like yeah. super, like one of my favorite yeah. memories and highlights for huh. sure. Um, and so we were there for like four days in a row giving Bibles to the people and yeah. uh, just like realizing, like looking back that that's like a whole village, not that has like the word of God accessible to them like daily and like hmm. before they didn't. And so, and then we were also like partnered with like a local church. And so now, yeah pointing them to like, you know, you can have community and like PNG yeah. and like go to this local church and stuff. Um, I thought was super cool. Um, hmm. So that was one of my highlights there. Woo woo. Woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of my highlights in Fisherman's Island was, uh, so we went to this uh, guy's house named Kawara um, mm -hmm. and we were just praying for the sick this day. Mm -hmm. um, and when we went to his house, we didn't know what to expect. We walked in and there's this guy sitting in the center of his house on this like mat. Um, and like literally he's just like bones on a mat, but mm -hmm. like, cause his like, yeah, he's can't really eat much. And mm -hmm. like, basically he was paralyzed like three years prior to us coming there. Um, so half of his body is like paralyzed, so he can't move or anything. Um, and we walk in and you could just sense like the presence of God more than like anything. Mm -hmm. Like I've never felt like that much uh, just peace. And mm. like, it just felt like, yeah, he had been prayer praying in there for like years upon years or something. Yeah. And so we got to hear his like testimony. And wow. um, basically, yeah, he felt like what God was telling him to do during this time is just to like be praying for others. And mm -hmm. so that's what he spent like his past, like however many years he's been like paralyzed wow. um, doing is just like, praying for people um so yeah it was so awesome and yeah we were able to like encourage him too and huh. like just the verse that's like um whoever endures much on this earth like will have a reward great mm. in heaven like came to my mind and so I like prayed that over him basically and he he was moved to tears but all of us who went into <laughs> his house were also moved to tears like yeah. honestly we all left the house just like crying but it was because yeah. of like we were like wow god is moving in a big yeah, way in that. That's yeah, really incredible. Life. And thinking that he's praying for, yeah, everyone in that area and just, yeah, it's powerful. And thinking about it for people listening and for myself, like hypothetically, if I became paralyzed today, like would I be happy? Would I be okay with that? And like, if you could never produce anything ever again, because he can't work anymore really. Right. I mean, just in his house and 
um, he had complete happiness. And I think God was really glorified through that. And yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's interesting to think, you know, if we had that same situation, what would happen? It's so true. So true. And I think a lot of us like went home and reflected about it that night too. And mm. yeah, definitely an eye opening uh, thing to experience though. Yeah. Love that. Um, let's what, see. What was, uh, yeah, poos and woos? Another woo. So a poo from that, uh, location was definitely like the bathroom situation. Um, just, I don't know. It was like the bathroom was five minute walk away from their house. Mm -hmm. Um, so we were living with like a host family on Fisherman's Island. Um, Leva and Kappa were their names. They were sweetest couple ever. Hmm. Um, definitely. Yeah. Just welcomed us and like let us use anything from their house. They slept downstairs and we slept like upstairs. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they were great. Anyways, um, so bathroom five minutes away from the house um, <laughs> and that's a walk. Um, yeah. And like the kids in Fisherman's Island and mm -hmm. like anywhere in Papua New Guinea just like love you. Like if they see you, they're yeah. gonna like be your best friend, hold your hand, yeah. wanna take pictures with you, um, all the things. And so we were going to the bathroom and like you would walk out to go to the bathroom and the little kids would just like follow you. <laughs> and like, you're like, no, please don't come <laughs> with, I gotta go. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, and the bathrooms there were just like cockroach infested and stuff so yeah. it definitely made for some interesting um yeah nights and days and <laughs> all of that yeah um but it was it was great it honestly yeah. made for lots of laughs I feel like mm. more than anything do you kind of like look back and mm -hmm. <laughs> those funny moments yeah that's yeah. funny when you think of high moments low moments I'm sure you had a lot of things that were just uh, you're away from your family kind of the first time in your life yeah yeah um that, yeah, and we didn't have, like, access to, like, um, cell service a lot of the time, mm -hmm. so I, like, wasn't in communication with family back home or friends or anything, mm -hmm. which coming back to America and, like, having my phone again has been, like, definitely interesting because mm -hmm. I'm just, like, oh, I could have left that there. Me and uh, one of the boys who came with on yeah. the trip when we, like, landed, all these texts and notifications started coming through and we're, like, can we just throw our phones out the plane window? <laughs> uh, yeah. But I think it's just, yeah, finding, like, balance again with, like, having a phone again. Mm. Um, but... It definitely made for like a hard the because our leaders would hotspot our phones sometimes mm -hmm. so we like could communicate with family once a week if that um mm -hmm. and then for three weeks we didn't have like any access they didn't have access to any self-service or anything mm -hmm. um so during those three weeks is like it's probably one of the lowest times just because ministry wasn't looking how i thought it was going to mm -hmm. look um in this location and i felt like we were like being served more than actually getting to like help the people and stuff mm -hmm. um but God's like totally like transforming my mind on that even and stuff. So that's yeah. been cool. Huh. Um, but during that week, I didn't, or those three weeks, I didn't have access to my phone at all. Um, and so, which I didn't really before, but I still knew like if I need it, like I can ask the leaders for a hotspot. Yeah. And during those three weeks, I didn't have that option even. Uh, and so just, I felt like, yeah, I didn't have my family, but like I grew so much in my relationship with God that those three weeks mm. and just realizing that like, you know, instead of turning to like family when I would want support from them, like, God's there and he can support me during those yeah. times um, when I feel lonely. So that was definitely a growing experience. Um, I feel like any of my lows I had, I just looked back at them as like growing opportunities and hmm. like, yeah, yeah, just to appreciate my focus in some way. Hmm. Yeah. But That's awesome. For the uh, Highlands location. So when we were in Kamaka, mm -hmm. um, definitely a highlight was we got to like help start or we got to help in the school system while we were there and mm -hmm. like just seeing all the little kids and like it was so happy mm -hmm. and then like getting to share like our stories about how Jesus like has impacted our lives when we mm -hmm. were like their age and stuff like 
just seeing like yeah how they like really like soaked it all in and would come find us after school and like want to just sit and chat with <laughs> us and I got to like become a mentor to one of the little girls there mm. um during our like season while we were there which was so cool um her name was Laka Joy uh mm. she was definitely like a gift from God I feel like mm. um yeah and you guys grew pretty close Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I actually have her contact, so we're still like in touch now that I've gotten mm. home. And just seeing how like God, yeah, line that up because our uh, leaders who took us on our trip, uh, the outreach leaders, encouraged us to, like just keep our eyes open for ways that God's like speaking to you and see if you can like um, find anyone to like reach out to. Mm-hmm. And so that night, I was after they said that, I was just sitting there like God, like who do you want me to like reach out to during the season? And like literally she was just like sitting there and highlighted to me. And so I went over after like the service was over and I was yeah. like, hey, like, how are you doing? Like, yeah. can I be praying for you? And she was just like, I've never had a friend like this. She's like, you don't know like how much this has meant to me. And like my relationship with God isn't great. And like, you're mm. really encouraging me to like, yeah, dig into that. So it was like mm. so cool. And she wanted to like, they always are like, yeah, come sit and like tell stories with us. <laughs> so she always wanted me to come sit and tell stories with them. Yeah. Um, Aww. Yeah trying to think what else um another high I think would be mm-hmm. um so my name in Papua New Guinea meant bird which mm. this is kind of a side story <laughs> but it's kind of cool just yeah. like how God works in like crazy ways so our verse back at like the YWAM base in Oregon when we were doing our training um mm-hmm. the like theme was Isaiah 40 31 mm-hmm. like those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength yeah. they will soar with, with e- like wings like eagles mm-hmm. They will run and not grow weary, that verse. Um, And so it was like birds was the like DTS theme, like soaring with purpose was our theme. Mm. And then during DTS, my faith was like shake. Like I just felt like everything like that I knew was like stripped from me, but I grew so much in my relationship with God and like really made my faith my own. Hmm. Um, And so then when I got to PNG, they're like, your name means bird. And I was like, (laughs) no way. Like this is so cool. And I was sitting and just reflecting on it one night and I seen a bird like fly overhead and I was like, wow, God, like I'm here in Papua New Guinea and I'm finally like soaring with purpose. (laughs) And so that was really cool. Just that. Hmm. Yeah. My name meant bird in their language, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. But it sounds like it was a lot of like confirming too in your life. You're Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm not sure. Like if this is kind of where I should be at, or I don't, I don't know if you felt that at all, but like it sounds like eventually it kind of made sense. Yeah, no, but. for sure. I guess uh, woo, another woo. Uh-huh. Uh, no, poo is the bad one. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> poo. Um, I fell out of a hammock while I was there, so that was, yeah, quite the experience. <laughs> I was like nine feet above, because uh, we had it on That's our porch. High. Yeah, it was yeah. high. And it was rubbing on metal, and so the strap like broke, and... I fell straight on my back and like wind knocked out of me. I think I blacked out for a bit. Oh, no. Like it was, yeah, kind of intense. And they didn't want it, like they wanted to take me to the hospital, but I'm like, no, I'm strong. Like I don't need to. But I was like in so much pain for like a whole week while I was there. Um, but it was really cool because God like made me realize I need to like slow down and it's not about what I do for him. Mm. Like no matter, yeah, if I'm like serving or whatever, like mm-hmm. I'm already, he already like has paid it all and I don't have to like work for his favor or anything yeah um which I wouldn't have experienced and I just got to like sit and really like be intentional with people because I couldn't do like the skit that we normally perform for them um Mm. so I just had to watch my team but I got to sit and like yeah just meet Mm. random ladies and men who I wouldn't have had the chance to like get to know if I if you didn't fall exactly so so it was a good experience bad experience but ended up being like a blessing in disguise I think (laughs) I mean I think that's a huge lesson when it comes to like yeah serving is like learning that like okay like he I don't need to do this and yeah I mean I think resting in that like 
God smiling down on you, not because of anything you did, but because of what Jesus did. And yeah. so I think that's a huge lesson that um, sometimes you have to fall out of a hammock to <laughs> learn. <laughs> to learn it the hard way. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's very true. Yeah, any other woos? And so our fourth location and our final location, we mm -hmm. were at, um, it was a village called Garica. Um, and we were at like a, the ministry that we stayed at was I Care For You. Um, and this is basically like a woman's help group. Um, because ladies there, if they have HIV and AIDS, they're treated as outcasts in their like, in their culture, because mm -hmm. they think that they're gonna get like their disease, but it's not transmitted like that. Yeah, there's just a lot of like misunderstood information about it. Um, sure. So this is just a ministry, encouraging people to come, um, ladies like that to come, and we were able to like do like a hope group for them and just like be there for them. Like normally, no one like hugs them or anything, and so mm -hmm. just like having like showing them like you know like God loves you and like even though like people aren't showing you that like mm -hmm. we able we were able to like yeah just love on them for a whole day and like listen to them as they like each shared their testimonies very crazy testimonies of mm. like yeah and some of them didn't know Jesus and stuff what was one of the funniest moments that comes to mind when you think of Papua New Guinea <laughs> um probably just like we would have to sing in front of churches sometimes, uh -huh. and I'm not a good singer um, <laughs> at all. <laughs> Don't know notes or anything. Um, but so one Sunday we were splitting up for like churches, um, mm -hmm. and so it was me, Daniela, and she was one of my best friends on the trip. Micah, which is our leader, and then Daniel was supposed to come too. And us three girls who were going, Micah, me, and Daniela, were like, none of us were good singers. Mm -hmm. um, and then Daniel, he has this most amazing voice. He like is lead worship at his church sometimes yeah. and stuff um plays guitar and so like that's why he they put him on our like church team whatever that sunday and so he ended up getting sick and so it was just three of us girls who went and <laughs> we sang in front of the church um and we were like yeah i think that went okay like we did pretty good um but dindy was with us the missionary grandma who we took um uh -huh. and she recorded it and we went back and watched the recording later and it was like the worst thing that I've ever listened oh, to, no. but it was, yeah, humbling, but also, like, very funny, just because, yeah. like, the people were so happy that we were there, they didn't care how we sounded, like, yeah. we shared testimonies and stuff, so it wasn't like they, yeah, cared how we sounded, but it was definitely yeah. embarrassing looking Crazy. back, but funny. Yeah, no, I think uh, uh, I can identify with that. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah, hearing your own voice. and oh. Okay, so, like, looking forward, um, you know, like, what, what happens now, like, what are the, some of the um, ways that this has changed you and the way you view things and, like, moving forward, um, what's that look like? And yeah, um, I feel like it's changed me a ton and, like, even just the, like, DTS part of it portion of our trip, or the lecture phase portion of our trip um, reshaped, like, my entire faith and, like, made me question, like, just so many things that I've never questioned before. Um, and then afterwards, um, I was just sitting and reflecting one day and I was just like, yeah, I'm leaving like this school knowing like there's no question in my mind, like God is real and like he is a God worth serving and like he's worth like living for and dying for. I really enjoyed hearing about <laughs> your experience in PNG and how people found it helpful. Um, and so, yeah, we, we met through this group called Learn and Discern. We have Amber. In our presence, she leads the group of Learn and Discern. But uh, I guess a quick 20-second uh, promo, 30-second elevator pitch. Uh, how do I join a Learn and Discern? What what is Learn and Discern? So Learn and Discern is a group through Harvest Call, um, and it is offered to anyone 
who wants to learn more about missions and that could be like locally getting plugged in more that could be internationally it's just an opportunity to um, meet through zoom and so you get connected with all sorts of really cool people from all over the place and you get to be a part of their journey so we share updates and then we also walk through different topics um, so if you're interested or would like to know more, you can reach out um, to me at amiller at harvestcall.org. Um, and so, yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Right. And that's how you trust God, bro. <laughs> <laughs>